Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. This year, body image activist Taryn Brumford was named Australian of the Year in recognition of the work she does to alter the way we think about our bodies. She says she's ignoring critics who question whether her campaign is worthy of receiving one of the nation's top accolades. Today, Taryn's colleague, Dr Zali Yeager, on how governments keep getting the messaging wrong and the deep harm it's causing. Zali, body image and body appreciation, it's in the spotlight right now. The Australian of the Year for 2023 is Taryn Brumford. And we're going to talk about the problems that we're facing as a nation. But first, I want to just step back in time because I want to understand how our views on this have evolved over time. Can you give me a sense of what's changed in Australia and how we view our bodies? If we think about the sorts of messages that we've received about our bodies, most of those come from our family and our peers, but also from the media that we're exposed to. Mm -hmm. So if we go back sort of 40, 50 years, you know, that media was fairly straightforward and simple and in one direction. And we were shown the range of bodies that were deemed to be glamorous, beautiful, handsome at the time. And there was a very narrow Mm. range of bodies that were sort of held up as being sort of, in inverted commas, ideal. In the 50s, it was probably Marilyn Monroe. In the 70s then, it went sort of towards a very thin silhouette. In the 80s, it was the power shoulders came back. In the 90s then, it went very thin again and we had that sort of supermodel era. Thousands of young women are prepared to starve themselves for what they perceive as the perfect body. Mm, Kate Moss era. Yeah, yeah. So you can sort of just see the decades and the that body changing. And of course, I'm just speaking about women's bodies here, but there were sort of similar changes for men as well. So where are we up to today? What are we meant to look like? What is the ideal? Well, I guess I wouldn't like to think of it as what we're meant to look like. Yeah, but of course. I, I think that what has happened is that with the shift towards social media, actually, we have the capacity to control a little bit more the sorts of images that we're exposed to. And we can kind of see a lot more diversity of bodies being held up as beautiful, as long as we are making that intentional kind of effort to view that diversity of bodies. And I think recently when the New York Post came out with this Instagram tile saying that heroin chic was back in again. There was kind of this backlash from the whole community saying, "No, we're not. We're not going to take no. this anymore." We tried this before in the nineties, and millions of people developed eating disorders. I had one for like twenty years. We're not doing this again. We're not going back. Our bodies are not trends. Our bodies. And shapes. I think that was really powerful to see. So it sounds like social media has actually made things a bit better. Well, it has the potential to make things better as long as you're following those those sorts of things. Whereas some people, you know, if they're following diet content or content that's very heavily focused around 
thin or idealized bodies, then we know that that has a much more damaging effect. I mean, there's studies that, you know, they put people in a room and using Instagram just for seven minutes and they walk out of there with much higher levels of body dissatisfaction, much higher levels of sort of depressed mood. Uh, so it, it's, it does have a really powerful and really fast effect and I think we just need to be more conscious of what it is we're following. Australia, it is not our life's purpose to be at war with our body. Collectively, we are facing some of the most challenging environmental, humanitarian and social issues of our time. What if instead of spending our days consumed by hating our bodies, we could invest our time together to solve these challenges? Mm, Okay, so obviously there's an issue. I don't know that we all appreciated that until Taran Brumford was made Australian of the Year. Were you surprised when that happened? Is it that big an issue that we need to spend this year talking about body image and body appreciation? Well, I'm a little biased because I've uh-huh. spent a long time researching this issue and it's one that always falls between the cracks. You know, mental health thinks that it's a physical health problem because often body dissatisfaction does lead to things like eating disorders and uh, the physical health space kind of puts it into the mental health area. So really pleased that we have this opportunity as a nation to consider the messages that we are putting out around our bodies and taking this opportunity to really have a think about what our health and wellbeing means and how we can really move towards that, particularly for our young people. Because 70% of Australian school children consider body image to be their number one concern. We're facing a paediatric health emergency with rates of suicide, depression, eating disorders, anxiety and steroid use related to body dissatisfaction soaring. Mm, And you've also worked with Taran on this issue. Give me some context. How big a problem is this? Are there studies that have been done? Do we know what impact this is having across the nation? Yeah, so around 77% of Australian adolescents, 15 to 18, stated that they experienced body image distress. Mm. You know, I think that's a really high figure. A lot of people don't think that it would be that high. But uh, we also have data with adult women, you know, 90% would want to change something around their body. And with men, it's sort of lower around the um, around the 50% mark. But I think that this is something that's really common. It's something that a lot of people have experienced in their lives. There's been a lot of longitudinal research that shows now that the young people who appreciate their bodies are more likely to look after them. They're more likely to engage in physical activity. They're more likely to eat fruit and vegetables. They're more likely to do things like wear sunscreen. So it's really good for us to be appreciating our bodies, but we have this misconception based on you know a lot of the messages that we've received over the past 20, 30 years that we have to sort of hate our body into submission and that we need to be a little bit dissatisfied with it in order to go and do hard things like exercise. And and the research is now showing that that's just not the case. How was that created, that perception? Tell me about why we felt that we had to do that. I mean... There's no causal research on this, Mm. but if we think back, I don't know if some people are old enough to remember um, the case of Norm on the couch. You're not watching the telly again. No, this is educational, Libby. It's all about obesity. And all of the health 
promotion messaging that's been sort of delivered to us through popular media like television has really focused on creating shame around weight and trying to use that as the motivator to get us to engage in things like physical activity. What is obesity exactly? It's getting fat, Norm. And we now know that actually that's a really bad route to getting us to do anything in relation to our health. And if we want to promote health, we should just reduce the barriers to engaging in health behaviour and just leave weight right out of it. Because as soon as you create that shame, then you start to get into all of the psychological mechanisms around that. Be in it today, live more of your life. That Life Be In It campaign, it was funded by the government, but it's pretty old. It dates back more than 40 years. There have been campaigns since then, of course. Have they been any better than that. There have been some really damaging campaigns actually. You know, they've done experimental research that shows a really negative impact of some of the advertisements, like um, there was a toxic fat commercial. When you eat more than you need to and aren't as active as you should be, fat doesn't just build up around your waist. A toxic fat also builds up around your vital organs, releasing dangerous levels of chemicals. You know, these ads that try to use fear in order to get us to engage in behaviours around our bodies. And some of the research does show that that has, you know, perhaps led to eating disorders and to sort of more serious depression and anxiety. We see a lot of children now who are very afraid of sugar because of some of the messages that they've received. So, you know, there has been an unintended negative effect of some of those messages. And I think it's time to reassess and use the latest research to say, actually, we have an opportunity here to take a more positive approach. I saw when Taran became Australian of the Year, there was some criticism around because some people were saying that her message was, it's okay to be overweight. That's not what she's saying. Correct. And whenever, her and I have had a conversation about this, whenever we go and speak to an audience, there will always inevitably be someone who puts up their hand and says, you know, aren't we encouraging people just to sit on the couch like Norm? And I can see where people are coming from because when we think about the messages that we've been sent through a lot of this health promotion and all of the media and all of the real focus on I don't really want to say the word, but I need to reference obesity here. You know, that has been the huge focus, so much research funding into anti-obesity campaigns. And so that's what people are stuck on. And we really need to move away from that because the research is showing that it's not effective. And this is not about encouraging obesity. This is not what I do. And this issue, not simply about weight or size, it's about the way that we feel about all of ourselves, our skin colour, our height, our age, our gender, our unique selves. And mm, so what is the right approach? What needs to be done? What should the government be doing? What should the ad campaigns be saying? Well... Health behaviours are something that's for everyone. Mm. And so, you know, we should be encouraging all people to be physically active in the ways that they enjoy if they want to be engaging in that health behaviour. And so I think that we could be doing a lot more to provide opportunities for everyone, to reduce some of those barriers of time and cost and access and um, focusing on that rather than weight. In the end, I guess the message is about being comfortable in our own skin and that's always easier 
said than done, particularly I think for young people. Can we learn to do that? Can we all learn to do that? Yeah, definitely. And some of the key messages that we're sort of embedding into our programs were to really start to celebrate diversity. So there are definitely some shifts in mindset that we can make. And I think if that's supported and um, embedded throughout school programs and throughout um, the messaging that we receive from our family and from our peers and on social media, then we start to make a really slow but steady shift in the right direction. Dr Zali Yeager is an honorary professor at Victoria University and the executive director of the Body Confident Collective. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield, Sydney Peed, Chris Dengate and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. To get in touch with the team, please email us on ABC News Daily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.